Thank you for listening to the New Life Church podcast. If you need any information about our church or if you'd like to give online, please visit us at newlifekingman.com. And I was trying to encourage the first service that uh, I, this isn't going to be a, a weight loss sermon. <laughs> Somebody say, thank God. <laughs> but the reality is every uh, holiday and this time of the year, I, every time I have to make a conscious choice, and that is that I'm not going to be a bah humbug during the holidays. I don't know about you, but sometimes I, you know, the holidays and some of the, there's so much great in the holidays, but then there's also some negatives and stuff going on, and, and it's just a weird time this year anyway, isn't it? It's just, so I have to make a decision, and this year I have made the decision, I'm not going to be a bah humbug, but I'm going to enjoy the holidays. And so I want to encourage all of us this morning to make a decision. And I want you to say this with me this morning. I'm going to continue to be thankful after Thanksgiving Day. And I'm going to enjoy Christ this Christmas. Now let's give him and you can give yourselves a hand for that. You guys did much better than the 8.30 service. <laughs> Not that anybody's keeping score, except me. But you did good. Uh, Thanksgiving should not be just uh, a day, but for every one of us as believers in Jesus Christ, uh, it should be a daily practice. And 1 Thessalonians 5 verse 18 says, in everything, give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. Now, I want you to tell yourself, concerning me. <clears throat> Giving thanks should be more than something we do over a meal. It really should be our lifestyle. And the benefits of thanksgiving are, are nothing less than miraculous. And I want to really uh, encourage us in this. Uh, Thanksgiving isn't just, you know, thank you, God. Thank you, Jesus. And we should say that, but, you know, our lifestyle and throughout the course of our days, if we will practice Thanksgiving more, we will see more of the miraculous. And the reality is we should be giving thanks all the time because God's been so good to us, hasn't he? Amen. Psalm 103, verse 235, gives us a short list of some of the benefits of belonging to the Lord. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits, who forgives all your iniquities, who heals all your diseases, who redeems your life from destruction who crowns you with loving kindness and tender mercies, who satisfies your mouth with good things so that your youth is renewed like the eagles. We need to make Thanksgiving a bigger part of our lives. 
because it will make us happier. And, you know, sometimes I find myself grumbling. I know nobody else here does that, but uh, this is confession time for me. I find myself grumbling about stuff occasionally, especially more recently, stuff going on. And, and it can make us grumble. It can, wait, 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 no, no, no. let me not put that on you. It can make me grumble. And so I have to make a decision. We may all need to make a decision, and that is that we're just not going to be grumblers or complainers. That's not going to be our lot in life. The, the New Testament tells us that uh, there's a real danger in grumbling and complaining. And so we ought to be thankful because God has been so good to us, and His benefit, benefits are incredible. Tell yourself this morning, God has a great benefit package. And, and Psalm 103 talks about some of these. He's forgiven all our iniquities or our sins. That's a great start. I got saved when I was just before my 19th birthday. But in those 18 years, I had accumulated a few sins. Again, it's, it's my confession time. I, I'm not going to confess to you everything that I accumulated in those 18 years. And everybody said, thank God. But he has forgiven them. He has, those of us who have received Christ as Savior, he's forgiven them all. He promises to heal all of our diseases. He's redeemed our lives from destruction. He has crowned us with His loving kindness and His tender mercies. Though tender mercies, that word means that He has not given us what we deserved. And thank God that we didn't get what we deserved. <clears throat> he has satisfied our mouth with good things. And just with a casual glance around uh, all of us uh, have uh, eaten pretty good, <clears throat> and we shouldn't forget His benefits. If we're not careful, what we can do is begin to build walls up against thanksgiving. We can think, you know, I would be more thankful if only this would happen. If only I uh, had more money, or if only I had a better job. Or if only the kids wouldn't keep doing stuff that drive me nuts. Or if only my husband would take out the garbage without me having to remind him. Or if only my wife wouldn't expect me to take out the garbage. <clears throat> I could be a lot more thankful if only this would happen. Or we can think oh, I, I would be a lot more thankful if only that hadn't happened. And all of us here this morning have experienced bad in our life. Things that possibly crushed us. Uh, it may have been a broken relationship or a severe financial setback or whatever. And if we're not careful, the if-onlys 
can build up a wall against our being thankful. Now, I'm going to tell us something that we all already know, and that is our lives here are not always going to be perfect. Now, there is a day that's coming for us as believers in Jesus Christ uh, where our lives are going to be perfect. But we have to die to get there or Jesus has to come back. And there's always going to be things that complicate our lives, that irritate us, or are generally not that fun. And if we wait until our lives are perfect to be thankful, we're going to be waiting forever and we'll miss out on a lot of the enjoyment that God wants us to experience in this life. Now, I'm going to draw from uh, the Old Testament and one of the Old Testament prophets, a couple of verses that he wrote, and I really do believe this guy has to be one of the greatest examples of thankfulness in the Bible. This guy is just amazing, and you'll get the picture as I, as I read this portion of Scripture in Habakkuk uh, chapter 3 and verse 17 and 18. Actually, his name is pronounced, uh, I, I looked it up some time ago, and his name is actually pronounced not, I used to always pronounce it Habakkuk or Habakkuk, but it's actually Habakkuk. The emphasis and the, is on kook. There's a joke there somewhere, but I'm going to move along. Habakkuk 3, 17 and 18. <laughs> Listen, he says, if the fig tree does not bloom, and the vines have no grapes, even if the olive tree fails to produce, and the fields yield no food, even if the sheep pen is empty, and the stalls have no cattle, even then I will be happy with the Lord, and will truly find joy in God who saves me. Now, I would call this radical thanksgiving. No figs. And he liked figs. No olives, no grapes. Massive crop failure. The sheep are dead. The cows are dead. And then he says, even then, I will be happy with the Lord. I will truly found joy in God who saves me. Now, this guy just wasn't going to stop being thankful. He was simply grateful, thankful, and he was voicing it. He hadn't put up any if-onlys in his life. He didn't say, you know, if only I had a fig. If only the sheep hadn't died. He didn't have any of that. He had no walls raised against being thankful. And again, I want to read this. He says, I will be happy with the Lord. I will truly find joy in God who saves me. He recognizes his source 
of joy, his source of happiness. It comes from his God who he knows is going to save him, has saved him, and going to be there to save him in the future. Now there's a real question we should all ask ourselves, and that is this. How happy am I with God? Now, I know that a lot of us would say, well, of course I'm happy with God. He's God. How could, you, how could you not be happy with God? But probably the real evidence of how happy we are with Him is how thankful we are and how much we express it. And I think there are believers that, truth be known, aren't all that happy with God. I also think there's a lot of times that we may secretly feel like he's not treating us all that good. Sometimes we may feel like the bad that's going on in our lives is God's doing. See, uh, there are a lot of us who can be misinformed about the bad that happens in our life, and there are times that we can, we just may feel like, you know what, everything that happens in this life is because of God, and so therefore I just, you know, it's real hard for us to work up thankfulness if we see God as the source of a lot of our pain and trouble. Isn't that right? So we need a reminder, and that's what I want to do this morning, is I want to remind us who God is and what He does. And thankfully, His Word tells us very specifically. In Psalm 119, verse 68, it says simply, you are good and do good. So I want us to say this to the Lord, you are good and do good. See, this is God's Word communicating to us on a most basic level. It's like God 101. You are good and do good. The Bible couldn't make it any plainer, any clearer than that. It is so simple that we can get it. It, it's like the old Geico commercial, so simple, even a caveman can understand it. And God help us all to understand it. He is good and does good. Basic, simplified communication. It also reminds me of Tarzan talking to Jane. Me, Tarzan, you, Jane. Basic communication. You are good, and do good. And so I want us all to make a declaration, and that is this. Good God. Say it real loud with me. Good God. Now, some people use that phrase as, as almost in vain. You know, it's like good, you know, as in exasperation, or in irritation, or stub your toe, and it's 
you know. And, and we should never use, that really is using the Lord's name in vain. It, it, it depends on the emphasis we put on it. And all of us as God's people should really, from a heart bursting full of our understanding of who He is and what He does, uh, should be able to cry out, Good God! Good God! Say it again, Good God! That's what this next verse is talking about in Psalm 145, 6 and 7. Men shall speak of the might of your awesome acts, and I will declare your greatness. They shall utter the memory of your great goodness and sing of your righteousness. He is a good God who shows great goodness. There's never a time that he is not good. And this is what is so great about God is that he's good. And he never changes. Malachi chapter 3 and verse 6 says, For I am the Lord, I do not change. You know what that tells us? That is this, that he is a good God. He does good things. He's good. He always will be good. He will never be bad because he's always good. So we can know when the bad happens in our life, it isn't God. It isn't from God. He doesn't do bad. He does good. James 1, verse 9. See, let me pause for a moment here because I understand that there have been, has been teaching throughout the years uh, that uh, everything that happens is just the will of God. And I just want you to hear it again this morning. Everything that happens uh, in our lives is not God's will. The, the bad, the heartache. Uh, you know, there are people who have... Uh, have a real thing against God because they've suffered the loss of a loved one and somebody mistakenly just told them, well, maybe even a child, and they'll say, you know, uh, God took them. And, you know, uh, thankfully, God would have received them, but it isn't like God ripped them off out of their lives. And so we need an understanding about where the bad comes from. And it isn't from God. God is good and does good. James 1.17 says, For whatever is good and perfect comes down to us from God our Father, who created all the lights in the heaven. He never changes or casts a shifting shadow. That's a good dose of reality of who God is. And so if we're hurting, if we are afraid or anxious or worried or depressed, God is not the cause of it. It either comes from living in this fallen and broken world or from our enemy, the devil, or it might even be from our own actions. In James chapter 1, verse 13 and 14, it says, and remember, see, when the Bible tells us to remember He's wanting us to do something. Anybody figure it out? And remember, remember this. When you're being tempted, do not say, God is tempting me. 
God is never tempted to do wrong, and He never tempts anyone else. Temptation comes from our own desires, which entice us and drag us away. You see, we can get confused over where the bad comes from. Now, Job, in the book of Job, this guy had a lot of trouble, didn't he? And in the midst of it, he was confused over where the bad was coming from. And he speaks these words in Job 16, verse 9, out of his feeling, and he says, God hates me, and angrily tears me apart. He snaps his teeth at me and pierces me with his eyes. Now, I, I look at Job, and you know, I can have empathy on this guy. He had suffered tremendous loss in his life. Uh, he went through tremendous struggle and trouble. And in this verse, uh, God allows us to see insight into his confusion during this time about God. And that encourages us because there are times we may feel similar feelings or thoughts when we're really going through it. Now, there may not be anybody here that feels that God hates them or you're viewing online. You may not feel that God hates you. If you do, then I, I am thankful to be able to tell you that He does not hate you. He loves you. He loves us. His Word tells us He loves us with everlasting love. It never falters. It never fails. But this is what He felt. God hates me tears me with his teeth. God is not after us. But it can feel like that sometimes. We can get confused when we're going through it about the bad and where it's coming from. We can be misguided like Job was. But by the end of his book, he finds out that God is a good God and God is a blesser. And so we really do need this morning a reminder and be able to see God as He is. You're, all of us probably remember the kids' prayer, God is great, God is good, let us thank Him for our food. Now, that prayer is not in the Bible, but it's good doctrine. God is great, isn't He? He is good, and we should thank Him. We should never forget that He is good and does good. Now, this doesn't mean the bad will never happen in our lives. Uh, we know that it does. All of us here have experienced uh, uh, crises in our life, uh, trouble, difficulty. We may be going through it right now and experiencing something that we thought we would never have to face or walk through or see happen in our lives. And so in the midst of that, it can confuse us, but we need not be confused. We should not be confused uh, over the bad that happens to us. Uh, it is not 
God the source of it. He is not uh, the author of our pain and trouble. He died on a horrible cross uh, to deliver us from our sin, from ourselves, uh, from the heartache of this life and shed His blood so that we could be forgiven and know Him. He died so that we could know Him as He is, a good God who does good things. And we shouldn't forget it. So my statement to us this morning is, listen, it's not very complicated. We should be happy with God because He's good. In Psalm 9, verse 2, David is writing and he says, I will be glad and rejoice in you. I will sing praise to your name, O Most High. Now, when David pens these words, it's, he's not writing out of a, a, a great experience in his life where everything's good, you know. He's not having a zippity doo dah day. He's under attack. And yet, even though he's in the midst of conflict and difficulty, he made a determination to be glad in God because he knew that God was going to help him. And all of us should decide, I'm going to be happy with God. He is good and good to me. I want you to say it this morning. He is good and good to me. See, that is a great motivation for a lifestyle of thankfulness. Now I want to look for the next bit of time at the power of heartfelt thanks. In Psalm 100, verse 4, it says, Enter into His gates with thanksgiving and with a thank offering and into His courts with praise. If you're ever wanting to experience more of God's presence, this gives us insight on how to experience more of the sense of God's presence and build an awareness of God being with us. It's in the midst of when we thank Him and praise Him. It says, be thankful and say so to Him. Bless and affectionately praise His name. You know, there are, there are a lot of people that says, ah, he knows how I feel. You know, it's like uh, uh, Pastor Hills and I, uh, he's uh, t- told a story back just a little bit ago about a guy I pastored the church after he did in, in a city back in the Midwest. And there was a guy in our church that told his wife when he married her, I love you. And if anything changes, I'll let you know. Seriously. And years went, and he didn't tell her, I love you. And this guy just thought, well, nothing's changed. You know, some of us can be that way with God. You know, well, after all, he knows. But you see, he yearns to hear And incidentally, your wife. Just saying. I love you, Cindy. Listen, Thanksgiving may be the missing ingredient from our prayers. 
Speaking of Cindy, she and I, we just uh, recently exp uh, uh, had an anniversary, and so, you know, uh, I, I, we did some, some special eating during our anniversary and all, you know, and we do try to kind of keep an eye on what we eat. We're careful uh, a lot of times about what we eat. We, you know, accept holidays weekends, and Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays. But other than that, we try to kind of watch what we eat and all. But anyway, for our, one of the things I got for our anniversary, I went out and uh, one morning went to a bakery and got, some, uh, got a couple of sticky buns and uh, uh, a Danish, a cheese Danish for her and an apple fritter for me. And so, you know, they, they looked incredible. But we ate them, and after we finished eating them, you know, it, it just wasn't very satisfying. It was, you know why? Because, and we, we commented on it, there was something missing. And I'm not sure exactly what it was, if it was just a, you know, a pinch of salt, or maybe a couple of cups of extra sugar, or vanilla or, or something, but just something was missing and it just didn't taste that great. And, and all of us know the experience when you get something, you know, you know it's going to be full of calories and all that and, and you sit down anyway and then you're looking doing, and then you just kind of go, eh. Right? Well, sometimes I think that our prayer time can be Kind of that way. It's kind of like we pray and then we go, eh. eh. And we may be missing one of the great ingredients to our prayer and the, our sense and awareness of God in the midst of those prayers. And that could be mixing thanksgiving in with it. Some of the most powerful verses in the Bible about prayer, have thanksgiving mixed with them. In Philippians 4, verse 6, it says, Be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your quest be made known to God. In Colossians 4, verse 2, continue earnestly in prayer, being vigilant in it with thanksgiving. 1 Timothy chapter 2 and verse 1, Therefore I exhort first of all that supplications, prayers, and intercessions, and giving of thanks be made for all men. Thanksgiving could be the missing ingredient to our prayer. And over and over in the Word of God, it tells us that our prayers should be mixed with the giving of thanks. This is so important this morning, and as I bring this down, I, I pray that God gives us some real understanding or renewed understanding about that, and that is that thanksgiving is what gives real power to our prayers. I, I don't want to just pray eh, kind of prayers, and I know you don't either. 
I don't just want to spend time in prayer. And I know every prayer time that we have is not going to be supercharged with emotion. But I will tell you this, it can be more fulfilling and we can experience more of the emotion of our relationship between us and God if we mix in thanksgiving with our praying. It's very powerful. We all know the story, or most of us know the story, about Jesus feeding the 5,000 with uh, five loaves and two small fish. Uh, it's, it's one of the most popular stories in, in the uh, Gospels, and an incredible miracle. 5,000 men and women and children uh, besides, so there were probably 10,000-plus people that were there. And Jesus fed them all with five loaves and two small fish. But there's a verse of Scripture in John 6 and verse 11 that gives us insight into this miracle that we may not have known before. And this says this, And Jesus took the loaves, and when he had given thanks, he distributed them to the disciples and the disciples to those sitting down, and likewise of the fish, as much as they wanted." This was a thanksgiving celebration, and it began with Jesus taking five loaves and two small fish, and he did something that to us, if we had been in that crowd watching, uh, might have thought this is a kind of weird, because he takes five loaves and two fish and thanks his heavenly Father for the provision to feed thousands of people. The punchline is, uh, it wasn't enough. It wasn't near enough. It was enough maybe for several people to eat and, and get uh, uh, their hunger uh, satisfied. But for thousands, it wasn't near enough. And this is what it can be with you and I when we are praying and praising is we can think, you know what? We can look at what we don't have. We can look at the if-onlys and say, well, you know, uh, if only I had more money, if only I had a better job, or if only this had not happened, then I would be more thankful. But Jesus, in the midst of thousands of people to feed with a small amount of food, thanked His heavenly Father. Why? Because He understood that His prayer mixed with thanksgiving was the catalyst for a miracle. And we need to understand that in our lives, it may seem almost ridiculous to us at times. See, if we, if we have symptoms going on in our body, and, and, and it's been maybe a prolonged thing, it can seem almost ridiculous to say, Jesus, I thank you that you are my healer. I thank you that by your stripes, I was healed. But listen to me this morning. That prayer with thanksgiving mixed in it can be the very catalyst in our lives for incredible, miraculous results. So we need to mix up thanksgiving with our prayers. If we're praying for our kids, a lot of us say, we'll pray like this. Those of us who are parents, we pray, you know, Lord, move in their lives. Reveal yourself to them. 
protect them from all the uh, evil stuff that's going on in the world. But, you know, we need to remember to mix in some thanksgiving with those prayers and, and something like this. Jesus, thank you for making yourself real to them. Thank you for revealing yourself to them. Thank you uh, for working and moving in their lives. Thank you for protecting them. Lord, I commit them into your hands, and I thank you that your protection is over them. I entrust them to you, and I thank you for being faithful to keep that which I've committed to you. You know, you know what will happen when we pray that kind of prayer with thanksgiving? The Bible tells us we'll get God's peace. You know, something that is uh, so lacking in, in some believers' lives is an ongoing sense of the peace of God. And you know, I understand we are living in, in times where things just seem so up in the air, and they are unsettling. There's a real sense of insecurity in our world and in, in our, our city, in our lives at this time. But our security is not in what's going on in the world. Our security comes from our Savior, Jesus Christ. And so in the midst of, of that turmoil that we see happening, in the midst of turmoil in our own lives, what we do to experience God's peace more as we thank Him. Be anxious for nothing, Philippians 4, 6, and 7 says, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God, and the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. See, there are times when we get into to the presence of God, and we just begin to pray, and we, we may not have much peace. We may not see the answer looming, and yet we come in faith to Him, and we pray, and we seek Him, and we mix in thanksgiving. We say, God, I, I thank You that in the midst of my life, you are God. I, I don't know how all this is going to work out, but I thank you that you are true, you are real, you are Savior, you are healer, you are provider. And God, I thank you in advance for what you're about to do in my life. I thank you that you're real. Thank you that you are my God. Thank you that you never fail me. You never forsake me. You always are right in on my life, and I thank you for it. And as we pray with thanksgiving, we'll experience more peace. Giving thanks really should be our lifestyle, shouldn't it? Because God is good and does good. And I want you to thank Him this morning. I want you to say this to the Lord. Father, I thank You that You are good and You do good in my life. In Jesus' name, amen. Would you give the Lord a big clap and thank Him? Thank you for it, Lord. God bless you. Would you just bow your head and close your eyes with me this morning for a moment? 
If you've come to this service and you've never asked Christ into your life, or you're viewing online and you've never made a decision for Jesus, or maybe you have at one time, but you've been away from Him for some time, and today you would like to ask for His forgiveness, can I tell you something? He does love you. He is good, and He is good to you, and He has brought you to this place, this time in your life to receive His goodness and forgiveness. And if you'd like to be included in this prayer across this building, you just nobody looking around for a moment, just slip your hand up where I could see it and know to pray with you. You say, you know, I want to receive His forgiveness today for my sins. Just slip it up where I could see it and include you in this closing prayer. Praise God. Those of you that are sitting at home and, uh, or wherever you are and viewing this, I want to include you in this prayer. And let's just all repeat it out together. Would you pray this with me? Lord Jesus, thank you for dying on the cross for my sins. I ask you to forgive me. Come and live in my heart through the person of the Holy Spirit. And I thank you for your forgiveness. I believe that you are good and you are good to me. And I praise you for it. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's give the Lord a big hand, would you? Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Praise God. We're going to dismiss you this morning. want to remind you again, Wednesday night service at 7 o'clock. We will be having service. And I want you to say this with me one more time. God is good and good to me. God bless you. Thank you for listening to the New Life Kingman podcast. We can't wait to see you next week.